Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast, where today we're diving into episode 15 of My Hero Academia season six. All three of us are back together. I'm your host, Andrew Nimsgren, and I have Dylan Beal and James Graham with me to dive into everything that happened. Guys, we are seeing a major tonal shift in the season after an all-out battle, the first, what, 12, 13 episodes. How are you guys feeling after this initial tone before we dive into everything else? feeling good i like this i like this i th- I think it's sick i like whenever my hero does this like tone shift and things get a little bit dark i feel like we've had that in little spurts throughout the series but um i don't know like we're getting towards the end of the series uh things are getting a little bit dark yeah we're getting we're getting the we're getting the the evil arc now we're gonna get the we're gonna get the darkest timeline arc it's gonna be sick this isn't no kitty anime anymore yeah. this is no shonen not a chance <laughs> We're killing kids. We're killing kids. <laughs> let's no go. No kids have died yet. Okay, let's. <laughs> we haven't gotten that far yet, but no, I agree. I love the new tone shift. I'm happy that it's kind of going down that way. So let's do a very, very tight recap and dive into thoughts. A lot of things happen that we want to talk about here. So pretty much, as a high overview, if you are watching this a little bit later than today, what happened is one, we learn more about Tartarus, how it's a high prison. There's six different cell blocks. Pretty much the lowest of the low is down like 500 meters underground. Pretty much in Pandrels, where we think Shigaraki and the Nomu actually attack Tartarus and using a sync EMP blast with Shigaraki's body, all for one's body, all hell breaks loose, all the villains escape. And we see a bunch of villains from the previous episodes of the season. We see Muscular, we see Overhaul, we see a bunch of other people that we'll be diving into in a second. But pretty much Shigaraki slash all for one says, hey, follow me and you will be free from this island. They go out and break like out six other prisons. Thousands and thousands of villains are now free and just causing havoc all across the country. Back in the hospital side, we kind of start seeing the kind of aftermath of the hero side of the battle, kind of seeing of how a lot of people are very defeated. Like even though we did everything, especially kind of Mike and Aizawa, it still didn't turn out very well, but everyone seems to be recovering just fine. Bakugo wakes up with his injuries, moving a lot more than he should. We see Kaminari got a little bit injured. We see Todoroki can't really talk right now, but he is still recovering. The only person yet to wake up is Deku, and we don't really know why. And he's, they say he shows no signs of waking up. Only that last little thing is that we see Endeavors in surgery with a bunch of people outside calling for his resignation. Someone called him a tax fraud, which I thought was a very interesting subtitle in the episode, and a bunch of things. And we see that the Todoroki family shows up to the hospital. So that's kind of the two sides of the episode. A lot of smaller things that we'll dive into here, but I think let's start at the top of the episode with everything Tartarus. I mean, we can talk about, let's talk about Shiggy AFO here. We're seeing a lot of interesting dynamics that started in the war and now is really taking the next step here. Where do we think this is going? Yeah, I uh, James and I were talking about this a little bit and we were like, hey, what's uh, what's going on with AFO? Is he is he pulling one over on Shigaraki or like what's going on? I think this kind of confirms it that he is because it seems like he's just like stealing Shigaraki's body at this point, right? Uh, like especially because we have the scene of like the vestige world of AFO where he's like looming over and Shigaraki's literally just tied up. Yeah, yeah, it does it does very feel like like. He's not like he's right in the sense that he isn't a pawn, but because he's he's just gonna consume him, sort of thing, and, and and basically inhabit this next body, which I think for AFO is pretty on brand. Like I'm not like I'm yeah. not surprised by that move at all. I think it was just, but they did deliver it in a good way. So like, yeah, and I, now I think like 
it seems like you're we're just going to be met with this power struggle between the two of them for the foreseeable future, which I think will be super sick because you're just going to have this this all powerful force that isn't super stable. So I think that'll that'll make for some really cool uh really cool like story direction. Yeah, and I agree that something's happening here. I mean, even AFO I think called Chigaraki like my new self, something like that. I should have wrote down yeah. the quote, but there's something of like we kind of refer to Shigaraki as a new version of him almost rather than like the next generation of all for one. So I definitely think you guys are kind of going the right thing there too. And, and what do you guys kind of think? I know I missed an episode or two, but what do you think about this whole kind of feeling bad for Shigaraki part? Obviously Deku at the end of the war arc said, I saw you like kind of that savior vibe we get a lot. Now we see Shigaraki's kind of being chained up. Is it getting to you? Are you feeling bad for Shigaraki or not quite yet? I feel bad for Shigaraki, but I don't think he's good, if that makes sense. Um, and, and that's only because, like, I feel bad because we, we, we circle back on this, like, I feel like every couple episodes of, like, Shigaraki just being a victim of his of his circumstance, right? Like, yeah. he, he was just a kid when all this happened. Um, AFO, like, basically, like, set it all up. And he's just controlled Shigaraki. So it's really not a fault of his own. Like, he's really been groomed for this. So I feel bad for him in that way. But also, like... His main purpose before, like, AFO started taking, taking him over very literally uh, was he wanted to destroy everything still. So, like, yeah. yeah, maybe he wants to be saved, but he still is, like, all things considered, probably, like, the second worst villain of all time. Yeah, yeah and he's, I, not, I th- he's not a good dude. No. And I think even, I don't know if it was with Deku's monologue this episode and last episode, I don't remember exactly which one, but Deku said what woke Shigaraki wasn't that little shock but it was his pure internal hatred that woke him up. Like that's what I kind of mean. So like, it's still not a good person. Like, I don't know what deck has really seen there. I, I, I don't love that. I don't want to kind of start feeling bad for like, no, just kind of, yeah. Like I hope Shigaraki just beats all for one becomes a true big bad at the end, even more powerful than ever. I don't want this whole kind of pull back and forth for too long. Give us one good villain and let's just push forward with that. It's kind of how I'm feeling to this. Yeah, to, and to to circle back, Dylan, because you asked me medically, can somebody run on hate alone and bring your? Can you self-administer CPR with hatred? You cannot. I I double check my sources. You can. <laughs> okay. you, can you cannot do that. Thank you for checking that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I, I, I was thinking back to some of the earlier seasons. I think it's really interesting because I think that the way that AFO works and that um one for all works is exactly the same because I think the vestiges that Deku has has the same capability if they wanted to, to control him. Uh, and I was thinking about this. And if you think back, because uh, I, I, this jump started in my memory because we saw a flashback to the, uh, what was the, 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 the sports, sports festival, right? I was thinking about that. And do you remember when he got paralyzed and he ended up moving? Yeah. It yeah. makes so much sense now why he moved because one of them just moved him. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, oh, that's literally what's happening with Shiggy right now, except in full force. So like, it, it we literally have like two sides of the same coin of like one for all, all for one. Both of them are very, very similar in how they work, and the vestige state is probably very similar. The only difference is AFO wants total control, and all the vestiges in um all for or one for all is yeah, trying yeah. to like give it to everyone. Sorry, going back and forth between those two, but um I, I, I thought that was super interesting. It was something I thought about today because we saw that flashback in, in today's episode. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good callback, actually. I never even really kind of realized that. But um, moving back on the Tartarus and Villain kind of train, 
we saw a bunch of villains coming back. I think we saw at least the ones that got named talk cards. We saw Bonefish. We saw um, Muscular. We saw Overhaul. We've seen a couple other ones. Stain was there for a second too. I don't even know if he got a name card, but Stain was the one up against the wall, kind of looking disheveled a little bit. So do we think it's going to kind of be a all-out battle now against Deku going up to kind of like a boss rush mode? Do we think maybe some of them won't follow all for one? Where do we think it's going to go bringing this many new characters back into the story at one time? Uh, I think it's going to be chaos. Like, that's the thing that jumps out to me. And I don't think that they're all going to follow because Stain. Stain, Stain's ideology doesn't align with Shigaraki's or, or, or AFOs right now. Like we even got a call out to that today uh, yeah, from, yeah. from Spinner. So I think it's really interesting that we had that call out from Spinner and then we immediately like see Stain right afterwards. So do you, okay, okay. Sit with me for a second. Uh, enter, enter in the space. Do you think, do you think that we could have a splitting of the League of Villains of where like Spinner and like Toga and maybe all the other people are like, hey, we don't like you, AFO, taking over Shiggy. We're going to go join up with Stain and do our own League of Villains with better ideals. I don't... That's a lot going on. Well, like, like I, I, I think, I think the, I think the, like, the idea, like, has some merit, but, like, Stain has never struck me as somebody who wants, like, uh like, a following. A He's posse. never one that... Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want a posse. He doesn't, he doesn't want his own league, right? Like, he's very much, like, like, a solo vagabond kind of thing, right? So, I would be... I feel like if they did try and do that, if they did try and rally around Stain, he would just reject it. Because I, I think that would be kind of... Because that, like... I don't know if that almost goes against him, his kind of code, where he wants to, like, rebuild Hero Society. And I feel like him doing that with an army of people who are, like, false heroes in themselves they're you know they're, they're, they're that they're that inverse or that like the the other side of it right trying to overthrow it i don't i i just can't see that really lining up stain has always very struck me as like a like a solo character sort of thing yeah but these are extreme circumstances these are extreme circumstances but he didn't even look like he was super down for like this whole like coup like he was like there and he's like i don't know boys <laughs> like this yeah. is looking kind of sketchy like i don't know i mean i i, I know i'm gonna talk about him in a second too so we'll kind of hold on to that for a second but like with all the characters we saw back even if someone that didn't show up let's say a uh, criminal like gentle or if, um maybe any of the like the teenager with the gun like maybe characters that might not have gotten the i, I uh, hope they didn't mustard. put them in tartarus <laughs> we put this kid um, into the highest security prison of all time so yeah, let's say done. well no they broke out six other prisons too so let's say oh, yeah, every yeah. villain we've ever seen is coming back in Rather it's a fight, rather it's a moment. What villain are you most excited to see come back in the story? Even if it's for one off episode, what moment do you want to see the most? Well, now it's mustard, right? Like you brought it back up. No, but that's not a meme. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I mean, I think the obvious answer is gentle. Like we have to, we want to see gentle again because he would just be cool. But like in terms of like bad evil villain, um. I think that's really tough, but like it has to be overhaul. I want to see what's going on with overhaul now that he has no arms. Like what what is he gonna do? Well we saw yeah, he like he like kinda like he ran by this like random purple haired chick who's in the opener and she like she's got purple hair, so obviously she's like a like, She'll be oh, a bigger part of this season. <laughs> she had a lie and we all know yeah. we're just holding on to it till the episode she's announced. Yeah, exactly. But uh like I, I'm pretty jacked for muscular. 
I still like the yeah. fan theory that he's he's like Bakugo's dad or some shit. Like that's like <laughs> that's such a meme to me. But like muscular, muscular was like this really cool like hate filled character and like just like super powerful and really unhinged. I thought he was just a really a really fun villain when he when he when he showed up. So um, it would be kind of cool to see like current level uh deku go toe-to-toe with him or even somebody else like uh like sugar rush or somebody like that you know what i mean like like just like strength on strength quirks those are always so fun so like yeah yeah i must go definitely be the one for like a fight that i want to see the most mm-hmm. especially even against deku too because deku was very one-dimensional last time they fought kind of seeing how he'd handle him now i think that would get me very yeah. excited but stain is the villain i want to see the most That's mainly true. because again going back to vigilantes he was a vigilante at one point. He was, he's always been a morally great character. And now six, seven prisons have been broken out. Is he going to be kind of a more rogue character playing both sides? Is he going to be someone that could work with Deku for an episode? Or I guess he never really had his moment with All Might. Like, I think there's a lot with Stain that could happen because of how much he was loved early on and how they're still preaching his ideology pretty much throughout the entire seasons through Spinner. I don't think there's like, no reason not to bring him back in and not to give him some kind of good interaction with ideally Deku, who was really kind of the first hero he's seen in a long time. That was a true hero in his eyes. So I'd love to see kind of how that goes between those guys. Yeah. Just give him a good moment. Um, with Deku, he can meet Deku. Uh, he shows up, he has his new league of villains with him. Be good. Oh my God. I, okay. So like really quick though, now that we're on like a darker, mood kind of like arc and stuff like that i kind of want to see the return of evil ida that guy he was he was unhinged like i i really oh the the stain arc one the stain arc ida yeah Yeah, man he was just he was just (laughs) so emo and pissed off like i'd just love to see ida return in general the man's got eight minutes of screen time in the last three seasons it feels like such a sin man like i i really like ida as a character and i think i don't know too but i just don't know where you take his character like his brother died like he he didn't really change too much after it. Like well, I just don't think there's much die, room to take like, his character. That's why they're he didn't die, but yeah, he, did he die? He got he paralyzed. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's not commissioned forever. Yeah, yeah, but so but no, no, right. no, no, yeah, too bad, like, he, Yeah, but, but yeah. Okay, yeah. so we 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 talked about the tonal shift. We you kind of just brought it up there, right? To kind of moving the dark side, like. Let's talk about kind of the more of the hospital side, how everyone's feeling at the hospital, the crowd outside, hero society. Let's just kind of open it up more to the general, the hero side, and how things are going for them. Dylan, I know you love digging this stuff. What are your first thoughts on seeing that last eight minutes of the episode? It's going terrible. Everyone's upset. No one's happy. Society's screwed. It's burned into the ground. Villains are going out. I think this is, I mean, I think this is where we get into the 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 real meat, the real meat of some of the themes, because like, we set up with Dobby this whole thing of like, you can't trust Endeavor, like, because he's a bad dude. He's a hero, but he's like kind of basically doing villainous stuff. So, like, how can you trust him? And he's supposed to be the number one uh, hero in this society now. And we know that Endeavor's always been on shaky terms with the public. And so, like, regardless of the fact that Dobby was also undermined the second that Genus showed up, there's still going to be a lot of commotion around that. I think that we're going to have to reckon with that before we can really start picking up the pieces of anything of like what's going on with the hero society. All of our heroes are one, they're failing. Like they lost the war. Like, like, even though like, you know, they, they, they were able to get the jump on them and everything, all things considered, they lost the war. Every single villain is broken out at this point. The public can't trust it of them. 
Um, I can't imagine all the prisons are broken out and things aren't terrible in the streets. So I, I just think we have to reckon with that. And I don't know how they do it. I, uh, it it's going to be really tough because no one trusts Endeavor. The only thing I can think of is someone else has to rise to the occasion now um, to kind of start bringing that together. Is it Deku? Do people really want a kid to be like, hey, everyone, I'm, I'm just a kid from high school. I'm going to save the day. It's very anime, so that might be it. But it also could be another one of the heroes uh, kind of taking up the mantle of number one, even if they aren't literally number one. And obviously the one that jumps out to me is the only one who is not maimed or dead or anything is Genist. Uh, but, you know, Genius is really... He got hurt pretty bad too, though. Yeah, Genius got pretty fucked up. Like, I don't, I, don't, looking... I don't think he's out of commission the same way that a lot of other people... No, he, he's not having a surgery done or hawks, but he's... But yeah, he's I mean... He's go level, probably. Yeah, but, like, that's, like, you're still able to get up and talk, is what I mean, of, like, facing yep, yeah. the public that way. So he's the only one I could really see right now because he's the number three hero being able to pick up any of those pieces because people don't trust hawks, people don't trust Endeavor... They don't trust anybody, and then all the other powerful people are literal kids. And so, are we gonna? You have two choices in front of you. Do you take the the shonen route, or do you take the base route and go with Genist? You know where I stand. The number I mean, one, back to back to back to back, best Genist of all time. It's about time. I mean, so if they if Deku did monologue about how they said so little about him, like. Uh, Bako and Todoroki last episode about how nothing was pretty much written about them. I'd say, hey, we're getting a public one for all announcement in the next couple episodes. I don't think we are because clearly covered up the involvement. But like, if there are like whispers, or if we saw like whispers on like TV today in this episode of like, hey, there's some mysterious hero that came to the rescue and stuff kind of like that, I'd think that maybe Deku could have stepped up saying, hey, this sounds crazy, but I am the next All Might. I am here. Um, but I, I don't think that's that. quite where it's going to go. Well, how do you explain that to the public? They're like, all right, listen. All how do you explain all for one? How, okay, but just say, no, hey, you get saying, all for one? How do you even explain it to, to the public? Uh, well, I mean, people understand how all for one works. He could take powers and do it, saying, hey, instead of taking powers, this one is just handed down for generations. It's a generational quirk. That's how you explain it. This is a generational quirk that gets stronger every single time. I am the eighth user. All Might had it before. Here he is right here saying that he had it before and gave it to me. I am All Might now. I am going to save the day. I don't think that's going to happen, but that could have been a route they took if they would have like put rumors out there of Deku doing a lot in that fight. But now I don't think it makes any sense. Plus we saw him kind of in a roguelike look at the beginning. It clearly doesn't look like an All Might outfit at all. It looks like he's actually going down a dark path. Um, so I think that would have been really cool and very interesting how they would took that though. He's not buff enough. <laughs> That's just it. He doesn't have muscle for He's the only all for one user that was buff. Every other one was just in good shape. Deku's in good shape. None uh, of them were huge. Okay, listen, Banjo dude. We've seen Deku sick pack, first off. So he's in good shape. He's okay, listen, he's cut. He's, he's a ripped. freshman in high school. He's in yes. pretty good shape for a freshman. So is what's his face? Sugar Rush? Like, like true, yeah, but he true. eats sugar. He can lift three thousand pounds. I don't I mean, think he's a good like, like people have more. All right, more to believe him, man. Jesus. All right, it's about so, the look, Andrew. It is. I'm. I'm genuinely. I'm genuinely surprised that Dylan didn't make that same fucking rant about best genius and just switched it with Wash because they're also like a top ten hero. Dude, I, Wash didn't get any time in an entire war arc. That man is never going to be relevant. 
We didn't even you... see him. Okay, two things. First of all, we don't know what Wash is. <laughs> yeah, we do not know the. So jot that, that down. <laughs> number number two, you don't know what kind of business that they got up to. Number yeah, three, Wash, put some respect on their name. No. Number four, how not. dare you? <laughs> I'm just looking forward to next week. I didn't look at the previews. I don't look at previews. I really should have to do a podcast so we can talk about what's coming up next. I never I watch either. the previews. I don't like to but spoil myself. This screams keeping up the total rookies next episode. All of them walking in. We don't get to see the mom officially walking in. Endeavors in deep water. Like, it just screams 25 minutes of the Toto Rokis talking to each other. And that's it. We have 11 episodes left this season. And Deku's passed out. He's not going to wake up in the first five minutes of the next episode. So let's just spend 25 minutes talking to Toto Rokis. What else so, could we do? I, I really. For, for the spoiler, like, for the, like, for the preview, I'm pretty sure the next episode has the Toto Rokis, like, in the episode name. Yeah. So, like, I think it's, I think it's like the Hellish Toto Rokis. If I remember it, the manga it's, chapter, it's, it's the I think Todoroki it's called the Hellish Toto Rokis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Man, like, why didn't we just take that name? It's not keeping up the Todorokis. I don't know. We no, I like, better, like keeping up the Todorokis. Yeah. It's better. But I, yeah, I that's all say... next week's going to be. And I'm excited to see where that goes, though. I love that, and I think this is going to be a big moment for everyone in that family. Do you think that's what eventually is going to wake Deku up? His need to just be someone's psychiatrist? <laughs> needs to be, he needs to be a Someone needs help. What... <laughs> yeah, Todoroki can't talk. I need to go talk for Todoroki. I, I one, one moment I really did want to call out that I really loved is we had a great Bakugo moment. Oh, it choked me up at the very end of the episode. Oh my god, that choked me up. I almost let a tear out for that one, and I'm like, that was unexpected. But when that happened, this whole episode, phenomenal toning. Like we knew this was going to be a bit of a slower kind of part here. It's a very slow arc based off the manga, but they're nailing the tone. The voice actors are doing amazing. The little bit of music in the background, like they're going to make what is a very slow arc into such an emotional and deep arc it feels like that i cannot wait to see these next three episodes despite them not being my favorite when reading through them so i cannot wait and i have not choked up or my hero in a long time um but this episode almost got me i think it was i think i choked up last week i think it, like like yeah last week was bad too really you didn't choke up at all last week oh, i mean i was kind of feeling i what a midnight's death i don't give a shit they did her so dirty. We talked about this going into this season of did, how much yeah. I am unhappy with that. I didn't care about that. The only thing I felt emotional about a little bit, I think it was because it was so late last night. I watched like at two in the morning last night, um, was when we got that great shot of the hero saying, I need to find a different line of work. That was a really good tonal yeah, set. So I think watching that going right into this episode, like five hours apart, that whole tone, those two episodes are very on par. And I just think it built up to the end of this one. But very, very good tonage. I think some of the best my heroes ever done. I don't think they've ever said a tone like this before this well. In a while, at least. Yeah, in like in recent in recent seasons, for sure. But I think that leaves us with one thing left, which is going to be the plus ultra reward. And I really don't know where this one's going to go. So I'm going to leave it to Dylan first because we always know he's going to have the worst take. No, and it's, it's easy. I think this up. one's easy. I don't, I, well, first of all, if you don't agree with me, I just don't know what you're even doing um, with any of my picks, but I think this one's pretty obvious. It's the, I, I it's not AFO and it's not Shigaraki, but it's the AFO Shigaraki. Um, like the, 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 what, whatever the being that we want to call both of them together. Shigafo. No, veto that. Come Never on. Say it's that. AFO and Shig. Shigafo. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but the, so the reason why is because, Went plus ultra because literally it is the, the 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 being is controlling two bodies doing a synchronous breakout of the world's 
greatest prison of all time that's pretty that's pretty plus ultra that's pretty scary and then also the wherewithal to like have the planning to like attack immediately after the fight uh to where they would have zero preparation at all to do this uh synchronous like prison break plus ultra uh, such easy. a good line too why do you think tomorrow gets to be just another day yeah, what pretty, a great fucking villain line like you don't yeah. he doesn't have many great like quotable lines that is a quotable line that I remember at the end of the series um, because it's just, it's phenomenal. So I do have to agree. I think it's Chikafo for sure. Um, There's yeah. no one else really else in the episode that could really live up to it. Um, Not really much happens and none of the other villains have done much. I think there might be a couple villain episodes here in a row that might get some love, Um, but Chikafo definitely gets this one. Stop saying it. You're not going to be I'm saying it as many happen. times as possible. It's going to catch on. It's like Fetch oh, I don't, I don't, or whatever, whatever the one is for Mean Girls. <laughs> It's fetch, and it's never yeah. gonna happen. Oh boy, was it Danny Ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> James, you agree, or you got something else? No, I had I like Shigaraki slash AFO because I was originally gonna give it to AFO because I like for really just like kind of like masterminding this whole like overtake and also, but like yeah, it is like a combined effort between the two of them, sort of. So I think yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the road to go. I do honorable mention to my two eight iron boys who held the line <laughs> for as long as they could. Those guys are really cool. It looked like, like this... literally 30 seconds. They have the line for like, literally tr- 30 seconds. Give no moves. Give my boys with Gatling guns a break, man. I, I just I just thought they were really cool design. I thought they were really cool. I, like, I liked them. For like the, the, the few minutes of fame they had. Fun. All right. That is going to be it for this week's episode of the Class 1A Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching or listening. You can keep up with us, everything that we do on Twitter.com slash Class 1A pod or on YouTube.com slash Class 1A So thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next Saturday for episode 16 of My Hero Academia season six. See y'all then.